the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's uh, bring in Jack Windsor now. Jack Windsor, the editor-in-chief and founder of the Ohio Press Network, also a radio host now, and also uh, the uh, State House correspondent for us here on AM 1420, The Answer. Jack Windsor, good morning, my friend. How are you and your friends today? <laughs> Sounds like they're in a good mood. That's always good to know. What's going on, my man? <laughs> Got God save the God save the queen, man. I've, I've got I've got hairy legs that 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 that, that turn blonde in the sun, and uh, man, that what a great song, Bob. And Thanks I like for to sharing have, that at the top. Of it. And I like to have children rubbing my hair on my legs. I mean, they, and I and I I love children on my lap, and I know yes. about roaches. Yes, I love having them bounce up and down on my lap, and I know about roaches. Oh my lord, uh, Jack Windsor. Um, okay, so early voting started yesterday. I, I made um, uh, a comparison yesterday to, to a football game. Um, that means there's four quarters in a game, and, that mean, and there's yep. four weeks of early voting. Yesterday was the start of the first quarter. I do not want our team to uh, wait until the two-minute warning, which is what I would consider August 8th, Election Day. If we wait to vote until the two-minute warning on August 8th, we're going to lose. The Democrats continue to win elections because they have embraced early voting. We have not. So I announced yesterday as the start of the game, we're early in the first quarter right now. I want people to vote today. I want them to get their votes in the bank tomorrow. I want them to do it on on, uh, on Friday and on Saturday and so forth. Uh, whenever their boards of elections are open, how important is it in your mind, before we talk about uh, your stance on issue one, for people to get out there and bank those votes early? Well, it's super important because, uh, and I could be wrong on this, I just don't think I am. I think that um, progressives have done a mighty good job of getting people to the polls, and uh, but they've done an even better job of getting them, uh, getting them there early, uh, getting mail-in ballots. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, the, the conservatives and Republicans have rejected. So if you're going to win and you're up against a formidable opponent, to use a football analogy, you need all hands on deck. Everybody's got to perform and you got to play well for four quarters. And so for the next four weeks, uh, you got to show up and you got to put up and you got to you got to cast your vote. You got to get your family members to do it, your friends, everyone that's eligible to vote to vote. Uh, uh, you know, you can't worry about what the opposition is doing there. I think that's the other point, Bob, that I hear a lot as well. It won't matter anyway. They're going to cheat. They're going to. And that to me is like a crybaby, not even getting out of the locker room and taking the field to start the game. Uh, and, and you just can't do that. Uh, so you have to get there. You have to vote and you have to make it a priority. Very well said. So, Jack, um, I uh, attempted to whet the appetite of our listeners um, before the top of the hour break when I said Jack Windsor has informed me he's got six key points about issue one. Seven. Seven, Seven now. now. You've added one. Okay, yeah. that's even I've better. Seven important points that make you a yes on issue one. People have been asking me every day on this program, can you help explain why I need to vote yes? In fact, I had somebody call today who said he is a yes vote, but started to wrap his phone call by saying, so it's really important that we get out there and vote against this. 
And I know what he meant. He meant against what's going to happen in November, because he had just got done explaining right. why he's yes on on issue one. But it's very easy to confuse. And pe- so people are saying, I'm confused. Am I supposed to vote yes or no in, no- in-, in August, yes or no in November? It's it's very difficult, and so I'm doing everything I can to explain to people why you need to vote mm-hmm. yes now and then no in in uh, in November, especially if you're pro-life. But uh, yeah. so I would be glad to hear your seven key points that maybe we can use to share with folks. Go ahead. Yeah, and and please, you know, make sure that you're interjecting here. First thing I'll remind everybody: it's November, and there's only one yes vote, and that's going to have to be in August. So it's November, yes, in August. Now, opponents say that that 60% approval to amend the Constitution is undemocratic. You've heard that. The threat to democracy. The ACLU calls it a power grab that would take away the ability of citizens to enact laws uh, and change the Constitution. But first, i got to tell you, I waver. I really do. And I'm just being transparent. I I do believe that citizens should be able to amend the Constitution. But this doesn't change that. It it makes it more uh, rigorous. And, And the Constitution does belong to us. Uh, but it does require signatures in all 88 counties with no cure period, which really means that you don't have a chance to fix or prove signers are valid. And it really puts the bar high. But it doesn't take away, again, the right of citizens to initiate an amendment. It just makes it more rigorous. And I, I also recognize that the Constitution is being treated like the Ohio Revised Code when special interests go back to casinos. And by the way, Republicans were involved in that. And abortionists, when they can't get a law passed, they dump a bunch of money in half-true messaging campaigns, and they push to get 50% plus one. And that's what's going on here. And, um, and I'll get a little bit you know, more into some of that bit down the road, but let's go on to point number two. The claim that August 8th in the special election is undemocratic, um, it, it's kind of like, Bob, did you watch Nickelodeon when you were younger? Uh, I don't know. When that more, more, came out back no, more, more with my kids than anything. Okay. There's a, there's a skit on there where they call it opposite day. Uh, that's whenever what was said was the opposite of wise, good, or opposite of fact. Well, that's what applies here. The people who don't want the August 8th special election where voters get to decide whether they want to protect the Constitution, they didn't want you to vote on it. And I want, I want that to sink in with people. The people who call the August 8th special election undemocratic didn't want you to weigh in on it. In fact, they didn't want you to have a choice at all. Um, and I, how, how's that democratic? Um, and the fact is now you have a chance to decide. So that's important to me. The third thing is look at the groups who are strongly opposed to requiring a 60% vote to amend the Constitution. You've got the Ohio Democratic Party, Ohio League of Women Voters, uh, ACLU, right? And there are others. And they all say that the 60% threshold is a threat to democracy. So you'd think that their own bylaws and constitutions would require a 50% plus one total to amend, right? Wouldn't wouldn't that make sense? One would think so, yeah. Yeah, well, the Ohio Democratic Party requires 60% to amend the party constitution. League of Women Voters, 66%. The ACLU, they require 66% to amend their constitution. Now, detractors will say... Can I I add one to that? Sure. The AFL-CIO. 
I just I just saw that this morning. My friend Jonathan Broadbent uh, uh, posted uh, the, the AFL CIO talking about how undemocratic it is for potentially forty percent of the population or the vote anyway to rule over the fifty nine percent. If you fall short of that sixty percent, but then you look at the AFL CIO's bylaws, and it uh, it takes sixty percent to change anything in their bylaws. So there's another example of it. Perfect. And detractors will say, "Look, the state constitution is different." But I would argue, I think the reason that conservatives are conservative is they operate by principle, right? And and sometimes the means doesn't always justify the end. So um, if it's good for the goose, why isn't it good for the gander would be my question back to them. And, and so speaking of that 66%, that gives us our fourth point, the United States Constitution, which has been amended 27 times in our nation's history. Now, that's only 25 if you take out the amendment and reversal on prohibition. It requires 60%. 66.6% of Congress to approve an amendment. And then after that, Bob, you know this, it requires 75% of states to ratify an amendment. So 60% is well below that. Yep. Um, fifth point, that people who want to vote no on August 8th, they'll tell you that raising the threshold to 60% will take away your ability to change the Constitution and the law. Isn't that kind of what they're hinting at? I mean, isn't that what you're hearing from Cleveland.com and some of these other outlets? It's patently false. First, you can file a petition right now to enact an Ohio law, and if signatures are collected, language approved, it would require only 50% plus one to pass the law. Now, that's not an amendment. It's a law. But the Ohio General Assembly, the folks that you and I elect, they can't initiate a constitutional amendment that takes a 50% plus one vote to pass. It's the citizen-initiated constitutional amendment that will increase the threshold to 60%, and we can we can discuss that a little bit more in just a minute. Um, but it's important to remember the purpose of the Constitution is to be foundational. The purpose of the law is to be responsive. And it's entirely democratic. I hate to use that term because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative republic. It, it is democratic to require a broad consensus of, say, 60 percent to amend a founding They document. hate that, Jack. Every time I argue with some of these knuckleheads on Twitter, about this, and I point out that we are not a democracy. We don't go to a vote of the people for all of our laws. That's why we have representatives. That's what a representative republic does. That's what a constitutional republic does. They make the laws, and if you don't like their laws, then 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 tell them you want them changed, and then if they don't, then vote them out and vote for new ones. Their response to that is, we can't because of gerrymandering. They continue to fall back on the, uh, well, the reason we have to do it ourselves through a constitutional amendment is there we have gerrymandering commander districts so we'll never get the representatives we want how do you how do you answer them uh be better do better i mean let's face it uh, the republican and conservative movement for decades had to had to live with certain decisions made by the supreme court now that's the judiciary branch not the legislative but you have to find ways to educate the voting population and, and get the deal done but you do it by honoring the system, you don't pretend to be Joe Biden, who basically says that the Supreme Court is now illegitimate and defunct, right? Um, there, there's just an amount of kvetching and crybabying, and we don't like the rules, so we're going to burn it all down. I don't think that's how you get it done. If, if you have the support that you claim to have, then follow the standard and meet the standard. It's really that simple to me. And 60% is way more democratic. I was talking to Mike Gibbons one day. And he made an interesting point. He was talking about Jim Crow laws. He, think, he said, do you think if we had a true democracy that we would have gotten out of that time period the way that we did? And, and I can't argue with him on that because sometimes it takes a representative republic to get things done that a pure democracy wouldn't. 
Um, and then the sixth point, Bob, you can amend the law, but you can't amend an amendment. It's a lot harder to do. So if you want something done, marijuana, abortion, casinos, minimum wage, pass a law. It only takes 50% plus one. But those things get cussed and discussed on the General Assembly floor. There are, there are committee hearings. They get televised. There's a lot more scrutiny there. And it's a lot harder than pulling a bank truck up to the state house and dumping a bunch of money into a campaign and telling people that, by the way, this November election is about codifying Roe v. Wade and securing abortion rights. No, it's not. That's half true. And, and it's, it's intellectually dishonest. Uh, seven, let's not ignore the gorilla in the room. We're kind of at this point now. Mm-hmm. The reality is there's a ballot initiative in November that I just mentioned after the August 8th election that is really what this is all about for progressives, Planned Parenthood, ACLU, teacher unions, Democrats. That initiative, Bob, would open the door for minors to abort children, transition genders without parental consent and or knowledge. That's what opponents argue. And I agree, based on my reading of the language, I'm not an attorney, but it's overly broad language that would also allow for abortion up to birth for reasons outside the threat to the life of the mother. Passing that radical amendment would put Ohio way outside the curve of what's deemed acceptable with abortions and minor gender transitions compared to the rest of the country. Hell, Bob, compared to the rest of the Western world, if we're being totally frank about it. And I'm convoluting here, so I need to make sure that I clarify. August, if you want to make it harder for the radical November abortion and transition amendment, you've got to vote yes in August. But here is a question that I'll close with. Ask yourself this, and it was one that was raised by Ohio gubernatorial candidate Matt Mayer, and I think it's brilliant. He said, if the November ballot initiative, the one with the radical abortion amendment, wasn't about abortion and transgender transitioning, let's say it was about right to work and amending the state constitution to allow workers the right to not join a private sector union and pay dues in order to work. If it was about that, do you think Planned Parenthood, the Ohio Democratic Party, the ACLU, the League of Women Voters would be extolling August 8th special election as undemocratic? I've asked progressives on Twitter that question. I've asked State Representative Casey Weinstein that question, and it's crickets. Why? Because they'd be telling you to vote yes, because they wouldn't want a right-to-work amendment to have a hurdle of only 50% plus one. But they're completely okay with being intellectually dishonest about what August 8th does to their push for radical abortion and minor transition activism and other pushes for such things as minimum wage, marijuana, and liberal-run redistricting. So for me, I acknowledge that it's a little scary to give the legislative branch the ability to pass a constitutional amendment easier than it is the constituents. Because I lived through COVID like everybody else, and the Republican supermajority failed sometimes, and they were slow. They got it right sometimes. But I look at what's coming on the horizon and how our Constitution has been a tool used by special interests where mainstream media outlets carry the water for them and dupe Ohioans. And I fear that if August doesn't pass and and November does, we're going to look back five years from now and go, what the hell did we do? How did we allow the camel's nose under the tent? It's right here, and it's August 8th. That's why we bring him on, and that's why he's got that following that he does, talking about Jack Windsor. 
Founder and editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. Make sure you subscribe to that. It is worth your time if you really want to know what's going on inside this state with tremendous analysis of what's going on outside of it as well. Make sure you become a subscriber to the Ohio Press Network. Jack Windsor, terrific job as always, my friend. You hit it out of the park. We'll talk to you again soon. God bless you, Bob. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.